I went to bed super high last night. Right. Watching Jupiter Ascending. And you kind of look like Hemsworth. It's Channing Tatum, isn't it? Oh, Channing Tatum. Excuse <laughs> me. No, I always get this. They're all, listen, they're, they're buff boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the new Magic Mike is coming out. Look, I get uh, white actors confused <laughs> more than probably yes, any other. Yes, you do. I mean, it's easy, and they want them to look you know, a certain way. Uh, they're also like types, you know? Yeah, they're br- brunette, brunette, wide-chested men. Is that what it is? Is that the type? Yeah. I'm going to need a brunette, wide-chested men. Bring them in here. Uh, are we recording? We are. Weekend at Effie's. It's a podcast you experience with your mouth and your ears. Now suck on your fingers a little bit. See how that makes you feel. See if that turns your day around. I don't know if it's going to help. I want to officially say, Peter, we're about to be entering... Uh, Atlanta Hollywood territory as we await the arrival of the one and only future friend of the podcast. I don't want, are we allowed to say her name? We didn't sign an NDA. No, but this is like neighborhood. There is a rumor, rumor and belief going around that the reason they are clearing this house out next door is because Schman Schmathaway is going to be in town. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you this. I've always known, and this isn't a guess, Peter. I've always known if me and Anne Hathaway bumped into each other out in public that I could, we would end up friends. All right. I already have a fantasy built up where I'm walking Lucy. Yeah. Anne Hathaway comes out of the house. Not, not a production assistant, not the director. Yeah. Anne Hathaway herself. Oh, I, uh, sorry. I thought Sman Smathaway. Yeah. Does she pull something out of her hair in a little frustration? Like she's been on set all day. And no, 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 no. She comes her? out and she sees Lucy and she goes, your dog would be perfect for our movie. And, <laughs> and that's how it happens. They originally have Kurt Russell as her dad. And they're like, we're going to go in a different direction. And Lucy's Lucy her dad? is going to come in. The first dog to ever play a role. Kurt Russell was, well, actually the second dog to play a role. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell originally was going to be an air bud. I don't know if you knew that. But Lucy plays the dad. And there's a really deep scene where uh, Anne Hathaway cries. And then Lucy puts her little paw on Anne Hathaway's arm and it all kind of resolves. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's guaranteed. I did have to try a little harder parking today, but I'm, I'm going with, um, a 2004 Robert Downey Jr. Look today. So I felt like I was right in place of the, uh, hazy hurricane of PAs running around trying to move furniture that they don't want in their shot. This is a process. And Atlanta does a lot of this. People are renting their houses out now for it. They want to be a part of the film industry, but we don't want all their shit in the house when we're filming. You can make some good money renting your house out to... Yeah. You think I won't go stay in an extended stay America with my dogs? They they don't even... you. They expect you to check in with a dog. I really tripped out Friday. Peter, this is real. Uh, walking the dogs, and I'm looking at Bebop's feet, and I'm like... Hold up. <laughs> and then I look at Cranberry's feet. And I'm like, wait a second. They have different numbers of rear toes. I didn't know this was a thing. I thought all dogs had the four paw toes with the little thumb things. And then the rear toes was just four toes. Turns out, incorrect. Turns out we bred the back toe out of most dogs. But there are certain breeds, like with Bebop, who is... 
A rat terrier. Oh, you're talking about its dew claws. His dew claws. Yeah. Is that what you call them? Mm-hmm. Well, some people clip them off, I learned. It's a little inhumane. Horrible. Yeah. Bebop loves his little hind claws, and I think with a breed like him, he'll go under the bed, too, like he's digging. They dig for rodents and mm-hmm. pests and bugs and rats. They've got to have a bunch of little claws. They're like little mole dogs. He's a little mole dog. Bebop. So cute. <laughs> Do you know uh, the, like a Great Pyrenees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the they mountain rescue dogs. A, yeah, and it's for mountain climbing. Yeah, so this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Bebop, much like the goat. But goats have hooves. How do they even climb so uh, dangerously up the side of these mountains hunting for moss, you know? Wait, what if a goat found out like they could just make instant jello pudding and they didn't have to eat shitty mountain moss and risk their lives every day? What would that do to the goats? Probably get pretty fat off the jello. Yeah, but look at me. I'm fueled by jello. Put jello pudding? Uh, they make instant pudding. It's ready in five minutes, Peter. Have you ever mixed the lemon pudding with the cheesecake pudding to make a lemon cheesecake pudding? No. Oh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's one of the best snacks of all time. It's a sad looking snack because you got to make a lot of pudding at once. And. I don't know how to I don't know how to put it in containers that would be more uh, single serving appropriate. So it's usually it's just a bowl of pudding, very good flavored pudding. Try it. Put it in a graham cracker crust, and then maybe it'll make. I don't know. You probably got to do it different to set a pie. You know. It feels like you need to invest in a full like pie factory, pudding factory, Jello factory. I once tried to track down a, a pudding food truck in Los Angeles. I couldn't find it. Never could. Puddings and custards, top food, top tier food for me. I wrestled this weekend, Peter. I'm very sore. What else is new? The Patreon has new videos. What do you think about the Patreon, Peter? I think I'm a, a little behind on videos right now. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah. Here's what I figured out. Them. All right. And people are going to be like, you want me to pay for your Patreon and you're going to admit this out loud? Let me be clear. Today on the podcast, I'm a little hesitant because I'm going to admit a lot of things out loud about how fucking dumb I am. And I'm coming in here going like, hey, Peter, is there, a, is there a planet cycle I can blame? Because I made, and it will crescendo, I did one of the dumbest things I've ever done. And Alley Catch, what a blessing she is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. This is a cliffhanger. You're looking at me confused. You don't even know what it is. It will blow your mind how dumb I am. Incredibly dumb. We'll get there, though. But Friday, I had a rare time where me and AJ were both in town together. We were hanging out together, and we're going to be talking about a lot of films in the mini-sode, including Rocky IV. We're going to talk about Rocky IV today, and we're going to talk about Rocky Balboa, a.k.a. Rocky V, uh, which is a very weird film. Did you ever see Rocky V, which was Rocky Balboa? It was... There's some storylines in there that just don't fly, and it hasn't been that long. It hasn't been a long time We'll get into it in the in the Patreon mini so patreon.com slash weekend at Effie's. But there is specifically, and he learns from it and he grows from it. There's some scenes in there that are just racially inappropriate. Oh, and he's trying to prove a point about, like, if I could, if even when I could do it, I could change it. You know, they still have a Rocky statue in Philly. Do they? Here's how I think it went. All right. This is the kind of great content you'd probably only get on the mini sode. Here's how I think the conversation went. At the end of Rocky Four, they reveal there's been a statue of Rocky made. Okay? And it's on the steps, and this kid's like, 
dad, did you know this is a, also an art museum? And he's like, I don't even know anything. I just run up and down the stairs. Now there's a statue of me. I think they said, all right, well, we're going to leave it here. And they were like, what do you mean? And he was like, we're just going to leave this statue of Rocky. And they're like, Rocky's not a real person, guys. That's You made a prop statue of Sylvester Stallone for a film. It's a character he plays. And Sylvester Stallone comes up and he's like, look what we did for Philly. Look what we gave Philly. We gave Philly... Give you uh, look at this. It's Rocky. Wow, they know all the fights he had, and it's gonna stay here. And I was talking to Jimmy Lloyd about it, and he said, "Yeah, they left it there for a while, just right in the middle, in the middle of the stairs, and they have now like politely kind of moved it to the side. They have some lights on it, but it's clearly one of those things where it's like, yeah, yeah, Sylvester. It's still a statue of that character you play who wasn't a real person. It's still here, Sylvester Stallone. I think we're gonna do one of the Expendables characters too. We're gonna do one next to it." They just couldn't tell Sylvester Stallone no, and they did not have the equipment to move this statue all the way back down the stairs. So I think Philly just got stuck with a statue of a fictional person. That's my guess. We're going to talk more about Rocky IV and Rocky Balboa uh, because of the TBS Rocky Marathon. But Friday, I actually had a chance to go see Wakanda Forever with my partner. It was How beautiful. Was it? Dude, that movie was way better than I thought it was going to be. Mm, not that I thought that. it would be bad, but yeah. I was like... This is going to be either really emotionally toiling. Mm -hmm. It kind of was. Or like, I'm not going to, you know, clearly they just, they have to do a film because they already said they would. Right. No way. This one was great. And it made the characters who only got smaller parts in those Black Panther films and the expansion of the Wakanda universe. I don't know where they're going with Marvel. I don't know where the next generation goes. I know that I saw the Ant-Man trailer and Paul Rudd's over there acting like he wasn't there. I know you saw me, Paul Rudd. I know you went to the trailer department and you said, you know, I bet I'd look pretty cool if I was introing into this slow Elton John song uh, and syncopated it, you know, to my quantum ant suit. Right, guys? I know what you did, Paul Rudd. I'm not holding grudges. All right. Congrats to Elton. The final show. I got to see Elton John one time. He's an incredible performer. I saw X-Pac tweeting about going to the last L.A. show, but Elton's done. You know what that means? I'm the holder of the legacy. I have to continue. I have to keep wearing silly glasses and outfits. All right? I have to keep, uh, you know, gifting people gay gifts. That's the one thing Elton John's known for. They're like, what do you know Elton John for? And they're like, the Princess Diana song and giving people cock rings. Consensually. You know, but giving Eminem a cock ring is what a fucking hilarious play on... Turning someone back away from homophobia. We're going to get into homophobia this episode. There's dark dark parts we have to get into. And there's uh, information I'd like to divulge about situations that occurred. Sunday was the tornado day, wasn't it? Mm. Saturday was such a lovely day for me. And Sunday was not. Um, after we got back from Wakanda Forever, I've got to remember this, Peter. And it's it's hard to remember sometimes. When my partner agrees that he will take me to the airport at 5.30 in the morning, I have to remember that at 5.15 in the morning, he's not going to want to honor that agreement, and I don't blame him. Yeah. And he goes, (laughs) this is the quote, which is, this is the last time I will ever drive you to the airport at 5.15 in the morning. And I go, it probably should be. And then he goes, no, just, it's okay. But at 5.15 in the morning, we must remember, we are different people than... We would be at 8 yeah. or 9 or 10 yeah. in the morning or 10 at night. And I cannot blame him at all for not wanting to be a part of just the worst parts of my job. 
which are, I'm up at five in the morning and I'm going to the airport. I had to be there specifically early though, because I was flying a, an airline that just launched a, an unlimited airline special. I want to be perfectly clear. If you buy the unlimited frontier airlines pass, which I'm be honest, Peter, they're seeming to be merging with spirit. I am a spirit. Uh, I don't know if I'm gold or platinum, but I have a spirit card. Uh, so if they merge, I'll probably end up with a five ninety nine unlimited deal. But I got to tell you, there is nothing more frustrating as a consumer than not knowing what Frontier is up to. But when you know what they're up to, you can kind of plan ahead and save yourself from a lot of the headaches. I got into the Atlanta airport. The line to just drop your bag off that you'd already paid for was around the baggage claim at 545 in the morning. And they had two lines going. I don't know how this magical girl was doing this. Congratulations to you. Hats off to you. I didn't get your name. Running the international and the domestic line through the same five machines and then back into the bag drop just flawlessly. And then people would try to cut in line every two minutes. People were trying to cut in line because they don't understand. And there's a break in the line. You have to clear the path. The cops yelling at her to clear the path. She's got lines around the baggage. She's controlling the whole thing. And people are being relentless because they're just... They don't travel. It's Thanksgiving week. They're not prepared for this. She's fully on drill sergeant mode. I honor her. I tried to prepare ahead for it. I got my bag checked. I got everything done. But even when I went up to the counter and I'd waited an hour or so in line, people were still trying to jump up in front of me at the counter. And she's the lady up there is going, no, what are you doing? There is no. And to see that they honored with a little bit of rudeness, sort of, Here's our system. This is what it is. It looks horrible. It's horrible for everyone. Come on through. There's a little bit of admiration I have for that. But also, for me to check two bags, it was like $140. It's insane. Thank you for buying merch this weekend. Uh, Obviously, one of my bags is covered, and I do that. But when I'm bringing merchandise, I'm not going to charge them to bring my merchandise. That's not fair. I build that into my cost. That's helpful. We're still in a business relationship. When you're in a business relationship, you know what you do? You make business good for everybody. That's the FE secret. That's how you do this for, we'll be at, 2023 will be 10 years since I jumped in a wrestling ring. That's crazy. Yeah. So 2024 will be the 10 year FE got paid to be FE tour. We'll hopefully make it to that point. I think we will. Yeah. I feel pretty good. You've got, you've got a 10 year coming up. Um, like in astrology. You oh, have a, oh, yeah. You have a status here coming up. Well, that sounds fantastic mine's next year my co my co-star has been very kind and sweet and reflective to me this week I feel you're going little... through some shit right now my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it feels like good shit like i just you know we got the x-wing out of dagobah and i feel like we're exiting the uh the, the uh, what do they call it the corona of the light of the ozone mm-hmm. or whatever before we go into hype speed mm-hmm. chewy's about to do the i can't do a chewbacca I, I could hear it a hundred times. I can't do a Chewbacca. It's not right. That's not correct. Do you want to see a picture of me as Darth Maul as a child? Whoa. Darth Maul is one of the toughest Siths of all time. No. No. Look at this. Oh, this is... We might have to turn this into art, Peter. <laughs> I wish people at home could see this. Because you also look a lot like Wolfpack Sting. There were a lot of, oh, I like that you have the bebop of Batman ears in this Batman costume, <laughs> yeah, where one is straight up floppy. and one has yep. just a little flop corner. 
he's tough. He's in the night, but Batman would have been getting in fights. His outfit wasn't going to stay perfectly together. Who first was putting spandex on Batman? I don't know. I didn't know what Batman was. I just saw like a photo of him. And then my mom, who was like very thrifty because we're living in Africa because there's not like we don't quite have everything. So she made me a Batman costume. And then I watched the first of the two gay Batman movies. Oh, the yeah. Joel Schumacher ones. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> I think I'm Batman. Joel Schumacher, Batman. God bless. Um what just a fantasy. What is that? Is that Batman and Robin and, and Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah, the Kilmer and the Clooney. Kilmer and Clooney and so many Robins that were just what did what did my co-star say the other day? It said I'm uh I'm ripe on the vine. <laughs> I am ripe on the vine with Robin's <laughs> costuming in the Joel Schumacher classics. I don't know. Probably made me want to date gymnasts more than anything. Shout out shout out my exes who did gymnastics. I think Joel Schumacher is to blame for me trying to date you. Uh, Peter, I got to one of the most beautiful places in the world. Are you familiar with Connecticut? <laughs> yes, I've heard of it. It's fantastic. I'm not bullshitting you here. My experiences in Connecticut have always been fantastic. I've never had a bad time in Connecticut. I used to be more freaked out by Connecticut. Here's why. The fast food restaurants are cleaner than anywhere in the U.S. Like, I went to a Taco Bell, and I was like, this is some Truman Show bullshit. I feel like this isn't a real Taco Bell. I went to the worst Taco Bell I've ever seen in my whole life in Rochester, New York. So in my head, I'm thinking, how can we be so near Rochester, and this is such a different experience in the Taco Bell? It's because Connecticut has a little something called uh, Connecticut Pride, okay? And they want to serve you the best in Taco Bells. They want to serve you the best in... Uh, Wendy's and Frosty's, and they want you to have a great time. Uh, this is going to show how much I don't know geography or American geography, which yeah. is like my week. Anything American is I just kind of like tuned out while I was in yeah, school that makes a sense. little bit. Um, where is Connecticut? Okay, so Connecticut, this is how I remember where Connecticut is. If you work in Manhattan um, and you like are like a big high roller businessman, you drive north out of the city and go to Connecticut. Okay. And that may be partially incorrect, but I just always imagine he kind of drove north out of the city and went to Connecticut. It's very close. I don't know. The WWE headquarters is in Connecticut. Uh, they were recently auctioning off a Tyrannosaurus Rex head, fossil head that was in Vince McMahon's office for many years. It's kind of a staple of the WWE headquarters. And... I joked that they took everything from Vince. Not only did they kick him out and get rid of him, he was spotted at dinner with an unknown woman with some new eyebrows. They look great. Don't let anyone tell you different, Vince. And they were auctioning this Tyrannosaurus Rex head, and I said they took it all from my boy Vince. At least leave him the T-Rex head. I mean, Linda was even spotted at dinner with Trump. I don't even know if she has Linda anymore. Linda found a new billionaire. Do you remember the Battle of the Billionaires in WWE? No. They had... They had a match where people were representing uh, Vince McMahon and uh, the one and only former president of our United States, Donald Trump, which I say right now, oh, go for it, Donald. You got a great, you got a chance. You know, you have a lot of constituents left after COVID. Your uh, scandals and frauds have not pushed away a certain portion of your demographic. I think pump as much money into you walking around and continuing to speak a lot 
and not and not consume any substances. I think you're going to do great. I think you're going to, you know, what did he, he needs to keep talking about the burb graveyards and the bald eagles getting killed by the wind panels. I think he'll do phenomenally. Uh, Linda was out with Trump. Vince is, he's a sad shell of himself. I never thought I would look to Vince McMahon and say, oh, come on, Grandpa, let's get you back home. You know, you've had a tough time. But maybe maybe sympathy for the devil uh, will help us all move forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, nah, maybe not. I don't know. I'm thinking back on things he did, probably not for the best. And I'm just thinking in, in character storyline terms <laughs> at this point. I'm oh, in Connecticut. Anyone that's worried about the Trump thing, um, this is a money grab according to his astrological chart. You mean it's when they announced the free Trump mystery box right after his campaign announcement? What will you get? Previous gifts have included Donald Trump coin, Donald Trump plate. Do you want your mystery box, Peter? I'm, I think I'm good. You only have to pay shipping and handling and trumpling. Trumpling? <laughs> it's an extra fee. But the product itself, the mystery, quite free. You're on a list now, though. We're going to put you on a list. We're selling this info to anyone. Anyone with a dollar, we're going to sell this info. It'll be fine. Allie and myself were wrestling on a show, which this weekend many of the shows, reflective to the pay-per-view in the evening being hosted by All Elite Wrestling, were afternoon shows. And so it was very, very early when we arrived in Connecticut. It was... Uh, early enough for me to be eating large quantities of donuts. It was nice enough for me to be standing out in the winter winds, taking in Americana. We were just driving around Connecticut, and it was like, it's like the suburban America they describe in those films, you know? What's like, your favorite suburban America film? Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's, that's uh, I don't know, not Vivarium, but I think it was ambitious. It was an ambitious, long-form film of a short story, you know? Did you ever see that one? No. What is this? Uh, Vivarium with Jesse Eisenberg. And uh, I don't remember. Uh, maybe it's she has a silly name. Uh, Poots? Imogen Poots? Imogen Poots? I think it's Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg. And then they get trapped in the Vivarium, which is like a suburban house thing. And then they have a baby. And then they can't escape. And it's like a reflection of when you work at like a major corporation, but you have like a cute house, but they're all the same house. And it's supposed to be hurtful, but it looked pretty fantastic to me. It looked like a fun time. A lot of roads. And you know, oh, I, just I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Was her name Imogen Poots? Yes. See, I remember some of these things. This is this is what it's all going to boil down you to is what, I'll be on the deathbed. You know her name is? No, please. Imogen Gay Poots. There's no way they named this girl. Nope. Imogen Gay Poots? Imogen Gay Poots. I'm sick of people's sense of humor. You think we're not going to call you out on this? They won't let me name my baby hashtag blessed, and they'll let you put that on a birth certificate? Hashtag blessed was my first daughter. I, didn't, I don't have a daughter <laughs> name. Hashtag, that'd be a great daughter name. Come here, hashtag blessed. We call her hash for short because she has a dope problem. <laughs> Uh, what is going on today? I feel, I feel wild. I feel wild too. It's that weird Thanksgiving week. We are in, uh, a time of turmoil. Mm-hmm. They're trying to confuse us before the early voting between legal weed and long COVID. We are getting dumb as fuck. I don't even think I ever had COVID, but I think something has just slowed me down somewhat. We'll figure it out. I don't, 
Do you think it's the brainwaves from a new species? <laughs> Welcome to Weekend at Effie's. I am professional wrestling's Effie. You may recognize me from Jeff Jarrett. I'm here with my guide, co-star, friend, pal, uh, bud, meaningful companion, Peter. And Hello. on this podcast... We talk about how they're already here, and there's nothing we can do. I got a message earlier this year that may or may not have been on a mind-altering substance that was a, hey, we're about to show up, aliens are coming, and I've just like had that in my back pocket for like six months. Yeah. I, it's true. I think I've met a few of them. Oh, I watched Nope, finally. Oh, yeah. What a film. Incredible. Okay, so hot take, not an alien. This is a species that's been earthbound for eons and generations. Yeah. Which, which I love even more. I, which that's kind of where I fall more in. The, like, I don't I don't think it's anyone coming to visit. I think they've been here the whole time. And doing a, a damn good job of hiding most of the time. But also, that it makes sense of the spottings. You see them. Yeah. They're out in the wild. They're hiding in the clouds. They can perspirate a cloud disguise. Are you kidding me? That's what I imagined anyway. I do wish they had a voice. And they were like, yo... <laughs> Look, and then they turn into the butterfly, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." I love the more psychedelic alien designs in movies, like really getting weird and wacky with them. Have you seen ET? <laughs> I just want to say, yeah, okay, hold on, hold on. We got to talk about it for ET for a sec. So Spielberg. Notice it was Drew Barrymore, right? Right. Notices Drew Barrymore is talking to E.T. when they're not shooting. And so he was like, oh, well, I'm not going to fuck this up. So he paid two of the puppeteers to work E.T. while they weren't shooting. So she would be interacting with E.T. as if he was real. Oh, no. And then she was doing drugs as a child. I don't think I don't think we can say his name here. He might sue us. But if there was a Mister Fableman out there, who yeah, is I a hear filmmaker, that movie is incredible. Yeah, well, it better be okay. Because if you're going to not clear space for new directors to have theater space to put their films on, Mister oh, Spielberg, no. what did he do? I just imagine that by him existing, he's taking up a particular amount of creative financial space that other people could occupy at this point, which is what a large portion of that generation is doing in a lot of fields. Listen, Mr. Spielberg is not making the Marvel movies. I think uh, I think he's fine to make his one or two um, like random movies here and there. We were watching Wakanda Forever Friday night, <laughs> and AJ goes, this is a conspiracy. <laughs> and I said, "What? what is the conspiracy? And he goes... They're trying to get us to think about these blue water people. They got blue water people in this movie. Avatar Way of the Water has blue water people. They're all working together to get us ready for blue water people. So maybe they're the aliens. Maybe. Um, That's a quick spoiler for Defunct Land, if y'all are Defunct Land people. I was watching the new episode last night. And without like getting too deep into it, he's talking to a person that worked for like branding for Disney, like Disney Channel specifically. Yeah. And before Finding Nemo came out the year before that, they started plugging in fish content, just random little videos of fish to get us animations ready. of fish. 
So by the time that Nemo comes out, everyone's like, oh, I love fish. Well, I'll tell you what. I just saw the Pixar trailer for Elemental. And if my pilot light starts talking to me, I'm not going to blame Disney. I'm going to blame probably a gas leak. You know what I mean? I don't need to talk to flames. I, I do talk to a lot of flames, but that's that's a chosen family kind of thing. You know what I mean? Peter, where are we? What, what, what no world? Idea. I got to Connecticut. I'll tell you that much. Beautiful Connecticut. Drank a bunch of, uh, I think I had some coffee. We were in a beautiful banquet hall wrestling that day. Afternoon wrestling. Matinee wrestling. That's what we were talking about. I was reflecting a little bit on this year. Sort of my booking schedule is not slowing down at any point during this winter. There's not really a break period. Uh, historically, pro wrestling has always run on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And a lot of times on New Year's. So I'm blessed to have those holidays off. I'm going to go see AJ's family and then my family for Christmas. But historically, you'd work two shows on Christmas. People wanted to go out and see a show. They wanted to open their gifts, have their coffee, and then go out and see a wrestling show. See Dusty Rhodes throw an elbow. See Lucy give me a kiss. Lucy's here right now giving me a kiss, and I love it. I don't care. I think you're perfect the way you are. I think if you want to come say something, come say it. Should we talk about the Blitzkrieg Pro Show? Should we talk about how hot CPA looked when he ripped off his second shirt underneath a shirt and a tie? The, ab the abominable... The Abominable Financial Compliance CPA had a big showing. I just, before I get into this Blitzkrieg show, I just want to briefly go over the next couple of weeks. We're going to try to do some extra recording here in a second to cover up because I'm going to be in the UK all of next week again. As my voice returns, uh, finally, after it was lost in the UK and then never came back for all of the weeks in between. Uh, I am returning. Weird. I'm thinking about your... We'll talk about this stuff later, but I'm thinking about your dates and timing, and it might be working out like a little too perfectly. Oh, no. In a good way, but it's just like... Yeah, but it's, you know... Sometimes when it's on the nose... The predictable like, cycle. Come on. come on. Hey, hold up. Let me... Can I do... I've been working on an impression, Peter, before I get yeah. into these dates. Here is... This is my impression of Chris Pratt and Mario. Whoa! pretty good yeah yeah i mean it's all it's all he's giving yeah. i'm not gonna give any extra no i want it to be spot on i want it to be perfect i mean he's not gonna do work for it's it. it's a me mario <laughs> that was was that spot on can yeah. we clip that out yeah. yeah we're gonna use that i'm gonna be auditioning for the sequel i'm a little cheaper than chris pratt and i don't carry a cross up a mountain every easter and post about it on instagram those are just two positives about working with me as a voice actor i did a bunch of interviews this week with british press before i get there but before i even go there i'm going to go to minneapolis minnesota i'm going to wrestle the saturday after thanksgiving and then i'm going to go to beyond wrestling i'm going to wrestle ted goods and little mean kathleen at motherlode in lowell massachusetts then i'm going to drive to jfk fly to london drive to liverpool I'm going to do a live Q&A podcast next Thursday, November 30th at the Coyote Ugly. <laughs> I can't believe my gay ass is hosting a live Q&A at the Coyote Ugly. Can you imagine, Peter, if we would be, if you would, if a fairy godmother came down and it's 2000, what, did it come out in 2004, the movie Coyote Ugly, 2003 maybe, 
and said, One day your little gay heart will be giving all the answers to your adoring fans in the middle of the Coyote Ugly Saloon. And I'd be like, what the fuck? And then I'd wake up here, Ghost of Christmas Future, and I'd be doing this Q&A with the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Please come out. Then Friday I'm doing a show. I mean Thursday. Thursday I'm doing a show in Liverpool, December 1st. And then uh, Friday I will be in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, which... I think is like a famous old town or something. All the towns in England are famous old towns. Mm -hmm. I don't know. For North Wrestling, which will be lit. And then I fly back to St. Louis Saturday. I land at 4 p.m. And I have to fight John Wayne Murdoch in what I imagine will be a death match. And then Sunday in what is specifically the worst building I've ever been in, the Jeffersonville Arena. No offense. I will be fighting Cole Radrick. I will close out this 10-day streak with a bellowing battle between two bad boys. I got to fight him on that Sunday, too. We'll get into that. Lucy, you okay? She's an angel, but she has something to say. What do you need, my love? I want to talk about Blitzkrieg Pro now. Blitzkrieg Pro is hosted in the pierogi hall with a chandelier. The pierogi hall? I think they do weddings here, but they also serve pierogies. And then at the end of the night, we got to eat the pierogies that nice. were left over. Very good pierogies. I'd only had pierogies... In Pittsburgh, maybe, is where I had pierogies. But they're also a grand tradition, I guess, of Connecticut. Uh, I think of the Polish tradition, pierogies are. But we didn't get to eat pierogies until we had a fight. We were in a tournament, Peter. I got a medal. The IWTV tournament for tomorrow, the T4 tournament, for the inaugural IWTV championship belts. And I figured, well, Ali, Effie... We're big superstars. We're coming to Blitzkrieg. People are excited. We're definitely going to beat MSP because I book them. And people who I book, they shouldn't want to beat me up, which AC Mack beat me up. Dylan McQueen beat me up. Ashton Starr has beat me up. People I book often beat me up. Maxi Impaler beat the shit out of me. So I don't know what the hell I was thinking because they also beat me up. And... It was a long-form, beautiful gay match. And sometimes you look around the room and you go, I don't know if all these people are like us, but we're bringing them our brand of entertainment, and they seem to be enjoying it. And we weren't holding back from the uh, queer action in the middle of this match. And unfortunately, in the end, we were bamboozled. We were foiled. I was dropped on my spine multiple times. Mm. I accidentally kicked ref Gina pretty hard. Didn't mean to. It was a big oopsie-daisy. I was trying to you know, save my brain because I was about to get dropped on my brain. Uh, and we were unfortunately defeated. Now here's what I'm going to say. You're not getting your medal back. All right. Was it a participation medal? Maybe. Is it like being on a youth soccer team? You didn't score a goal, but you feel like you did. Yeah. You're not getting your medal back. And I should have taken the ring rope too. And we should have taken maybe a table with us because bussy should still be in the tournament. And we shouldn't be able to be defeated. We should be the tag team champions of everything. We don't get tag team championship runs. We'll talk about GCW and Bussy encountering some problems in a second. After the show, it's an early show. I was like, what time is it? Allie's like, it's like 6.45. I said, well, let's go to Rhode Island. And that way, tomorrow, we're already in Rhode Island. It's another early show. Now, I don't want to uh, give away too much. I don't usually talk about mainstream wrestling, but we're going to give a little congratulations to the new AEW World Heavyweight Champion, 
MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He defeated John Moxley by teaming up with the once again nefarious William Regal, using brass knuckles to smash John Moxley's head in and take that belt. He is now the world heavyweight champion. And I said Allie, because Allie's known Maxwell Jacob Friedman a long time. You know, they're, they've been friends. They've been through good times, bad times. I'm not sharing any more than that. And they said, Allie, would you believe that MJF would ever become the world champion? The young man you met? She said, yeah, that's the only thing he would ever talk about. So if he didn't, then what would be the point? This man has been focused on defining his career and making these goals, and he has finally done it. MJF, one of us, one of us, he wouldn't agree with that. He would call us uh, bozos or something. But he's leaning in. He's in his own position, and he's the world heavyweight champion. And I think it's probably the right direction to go in. You know, you got to weigh the scales of entertainment on one scale. You got an old man who didn't do good at MMA who keeps doing this with his hands, and his name's like Phil. And then the other hand, you got MJF. Ooh, and that gold is so heavy, and that long term booking looks so nice, and that professionalism. Ooh, that professionalism. They made the right decision. And they're moving forward with the company in a great direction. Bravo to everyone. And bravo to MJF for winning. And bravo to John Moxley for getting the fuck out of there. Pardon me for sharing this story, but I will. And I'm only pardoning it for Billy Dixon's sake. Billy Dixon was leaving JCW to go down to Austin, Texas to see Uncanny Attractions. And, uh... Ran into someone in the Newark airport and ran into John Moxley and was texting Allison Catch about this. And he said, yeah, he came up and said, I don't know where to go. And I just told him, babe, you can go anywhere. The man's getting a much needed vacation. The man's getting out of here. He held that belt long enough through a lot of weird stuff. He wasn't supposed to be the champion that long in his heart. He wanted to hold it. But, you know, John Moxley, like me, sometimes our focus and goal it switches a little bit. And I think right now he should go be with that baby. That's a good baby. They made a great baby. Renee and John made a great baby. Congrats to them. <laughs> we love it. Uh, we got to Providence and we were hungry. We're looking for food. And we come across a Mexican seafood restaurant, Peter. You ever been to a Mexican seafood restaurant? No. Yeah, me neither. Never have. <laughs> And we go inside. They said it's open, you know, till 1 a.m., pretty late. We go inside, and there seems to be some sort of fiesta, that's Spanish for party, going on in the building. And it's a birthday party. It seems to be a somewhat private celebration. There's a lot of, like, the whole restaurant is the birthday party. And they were like, well, we can put you in a booth over here. And we're like, very appreciative. They're doing birthday karaoke, Peter. (laughs) And it is like really good birthday karaoke. So we're getting live music. I ordered a ceviche tower, a tower of raw, delicious, vinegary, limey octopus and scallops and shrimp and fish and crab and avocado and a little a little sauce on top to jizz it up in tower format as large as a cake. Delivered straight to me. I also ate shrimp tacos with fundido cheese. You ever had fundido cheese? No. Great description. It is fun to eat fundido cheese. It's kind of a chewy, greasy, delicious 
magical, mm. melty quesadilla cheese, put it in my mouth. This was such a good meal. We also got some tres leches cake at the end and took that to go. But I have to tell you, the pinnacle of this Mexican seafood restaurant hosting the birthday party was when the end came and I was paying the bill. And out of the kitchen comes two platters with sparklers on them, like you would have on a bottle service or a large cake. And it's just huge plates of king crab legs coming out with sparklers on them to the table of the birthday party. What a beautiful time. We picked the correct restaurant and we were in the hotel by like 11 p.m. Oh, damn. Already in Rhode Island, already ready for the next day, already propped up on seafood and tres leches cake. And we went right the hell to sleep. It was phenomenal. You ever slept in an extended stay America? I believe so. Yeah. There's, they're weird because they're for people who are like going to stay there a while. So a lot of the rooms have like cutlery and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, we don't need a spoon. We'll have a spoon at the extended stay, but we didn't. And I'm only doing this so I can do the voice. The lovely lady working at the desk overnight. I went to the front desk because we wanted to eat this trace light chase cake. And I said, can I get two forks? She says, two forks. That's it. All you need is two forks. Rhode Island has the best voices of all time. They have, it's the most comforting, beautiful, weird, fun accent. And everyone knows how to talk like that. It's like, uh, it's a trick. Jimmy Lloyd was telling me about South Philly. He goes, yeah, I can understand you live like in Oklahoma and you have like an Oklahoma accent. It's like a whole state. But these people live a quarter mile from me and they're like, no, we talk Italian now. No, we talk Italian. He goes, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know how your voice would change that dramatically. He goes, I think they're playing a joke on everybody. Uh, Rhode Island, I don't believe is playing a joke. This feels very authentic. I was Jersey. I don't even know how to do Rhode Island straight up without just doing Peter Griffin. It's the only like Rhode Island you can get out, but it's very that everywhere and fun, beautiful times in Providence, Rhode Island. That was terrible. What is this accent from? I don't, I don't know. Pilgrims? Peter. Peter. Oh, you kids doing a little fighting? I can only say my own name. Peter. Did you notice I changed it on Twitter? I love it. (laughs) My mother texted me. I read you this text before we got on the air. My mother texted me, WTH tar with this emoji. (laughs) And I was so phenomenally excited by that. I have to tell you, I don't, this is giving away too much. I told Matt justice to watch tar. He said, you got to watch tar. He said, for real. I said, for real. And he texted me and he said, brother, I'm watching tar. And then he didn't finish all of tar before he had to leave to get to the show. And the rental period ran out. And I said, just rent tar again. And he said, I'm going to rent tar again. I think he rented tar again. He also looked at me in tarragon, tar again, tarragon. He also looked at me and he goes, uh, what was that quote you had? And I was like, uh, we were talking about Matt justice, how you, you've probably achieved some sort of, uh, situational Zen ascendance and that you handle all the situations going forward. Great. Mm-hmm. And he did that on that Sunday again, because I thought Sawyer Rec was going to just like beat his ass when she got there. You know, Matt Justice is a, he can be a strong flavor of coffee. And I think they had some uh, unresolved tensions because one time Matt Justice was, I believe, uh, possibly in passing rude to her mom a little bit. It was the belief. So they were going to, they were going to fight it out. And I said, y'all, 
Don't fight it out here. Let's fight it out in the ring in a sick trios match. Now, unfortunately, John Wayne Murdoch couldn't make it to the show. So we had uh, Cole Radrick in their place. And now I'm going to have a singles match in the next week with Cole Radrick and with John Wayne Murdoch. I keep running into him. Let's fight. You want to fight? Let's fight. I'm not scared. I'm fighting them one day after another. Oh, that's going to be tough. Now, I can't jump ahead to the show, though, because Peter, it's all building to a chaotic day. This Sunday was very chaotic, but not yet. But I should have known something was up. We woke up early. I drank coffee. And we went and had a big diner breakfast. Everybody knows Bussy need a coffee and a carb when we wake up. And when Bussy together, Bussy definitely getting a coffee and a carb. Can you make a shirt that says, don't talk to me till I've had my Bussy? <laughs> don't talk to me till I've had my Bussy. There's a, we, there's a, uh, there's a roller coaster of wordplay <laughs> associated with this. That sounds very, very good. We ate at the, the Cranston Diner. We had the Cranston Diner. The Brian Cranston Diner? And you can't, the Miss Cranston Diner. Oh, the Miss Cranston. In Cranston, Rhode Island. And you can sit at the bar if you want, but we're not going to have a table for a few minutes, hon. I had stru- stuffed strawberry French toast, corned beef hash, <laughs> uh, what else? Some uh, potatoes and some eggs over easy. And I've never had my coffee filled more times than that. And on the TV, it was Sunday morning. And they had on like a televangelist preacher. And at one point, this guy is like, he's doing a real Dave Chappelle kind of thing in his like body language and his head motions. But he, he's wearing a Pee Wee Herman-esque suit. And I look up at Allie and I go, this guy's going to hell. And the waitress overhears me and goes, oh, yeah, that guy, he's up to no good. And changes it to another channel because she like noticed she wasn't paying attention to this guy. Then she noticed this televangelist on the screen and she's like, Oh, yeah, you're right. He is going to hell. That's not a good guy. I think he's one of the Pharisees Jesus was talking about. He probably told him to put him on the cross. What an asshole. It was good to have that backup. They filled my coffee 71 times. Uh, We ate a bunch of food. And then Allie said, I'm going to the gym. And I said, awesome. She said, do you want to go with me? And I said, no. No, I don't. She said, well, what are you going to do? Just sit in the car? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. And I'm going to lay back in my seat and I'm going to close my little eyes. I'm going to rest up in nap formation. But before I did that, I dropped Allie off. I went into Walmart. I got a few things I needed. You can see here, I painted my nails. Did a little car manicure. I like the color. While waiting. It's a teal. I think it's cute. I was wearing a teal hoodie with it yesterday. It was very cute. But I walk out of this Walmart and this is where I should have known that the day was just going to be a weird messy chaos day there was what i believe to be a child between the ages of five and seven smoking a vape (laughs) all right peter i'm not making this up and part of me was excusing it by saying maybe it's one of the japanese vapes that doesn't have nicotine zero percent nicotine vape this is in the employee smoking area of this walmart that i had wandered into and there are two employees at least and this child And they're all taking turns with this vape. I don't know what's happening. But I should have known something was a little bit up at this point. It was a vape child, Peter. Maybe we do have to take away the vapes to protect these children. Maybe it's gone too far. Maybe, and maybe she's an adult actress who uses her 
uh, specific identity of looking like a baby child to get away with doing fun pranks like why is that little girl vaping that's like a fun tv prank what would you do do you think i was on what would you do and they're gonna show me yeah and it's me walking past the vape child and i go i hope not what would you do if you saw a child vaping i would second guess what i had seen and assume it was a non-nicotine vape and mind my fucking business yeah that's about that's about what i, I can't do. save your baby from vape addiction no. if i saw it twice i would go home and i would lock the door and be there for the rest of the day just... i can't be responsible for that vape baby are they called vapies babies 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 oh no she caught babies i got bit by a stray dog now i got babies oh I mean, I guess it is an adult pacifier, so we may as well make it an infantile pacifier as well. We should make a line of vapes that are literally pacifiers. Listen, the rave culture is still out there. Yes, it is. There's room for this. Uh, I think baby bottle pops were probably the best thing to happen to house music in a long time. Not baby bottle pops. What are they called? Ring pops. Ring pops pops are the best thing to happen to house music since ecstasy. What were baby bottle pops? They had like the powder inside the baby bottle Uh and you take the bottle nipple and you put it in and give it a spritz and then you suck the, the sour off the baby bottle. Baby bottle pops, baby bottle pops. I've been drawing all night. I don't know what to do. Suck on this baby bottle. It's made of sugar. Right? What if you die and... You know the the lights the the credits are starting to come yeah. down and uh, it literally just says this experience has been presented by Baby Bottle Pops. Baby Bottle Pops brought us life. In the beginning, there was a baby bottle and a pop, and they were combined into a delicious thing we call existence. Baby Bottle Pops on tops. Once Allison was done with her workout. We planned to head on over to the venue. And as we're pulling up pretty early, the parking situation is a little weird here because it's in a strange district area. And this will be important in a moment. It's in a strange district area with a lot of warehousing, but there is free street parking. But they do say, hey, mind yourself, lock your car, make sure, because it's not always the safest area. We think it'll be okay, though. We have people kind of watching out. And as we're pulling up, we spot a car, and in that car is Jimmy Lloyd driving it, and then Japanese superstar Maki Ito, Dark Sheik, and Sawyer Wreck. So it's just Jimmy driving three Miss Daisies to Providence, Rhode <laughs> Island, and usually Jimmy's not the one driving, I'll be honest, but Jimmy was running the caravan, full responsibility mode. I, we have to start a podcast just with Jimmy Lloyd to have him tell the stories that he tells because I have not laughed harder than listening to Jimmy Lloyd just talk about things he does. He told me even more stories this weekend that I'm not going to... They're his stories to tell. These are his stories to, to give to the world. I've never laughed harder. They are some of the best stories of all time. This one involved his dad. It involved a mix-up. It involved a lot of people that are involved in wrestling And it was hilarious. I hope one day Jimmy decides to share all of his stories. But today, his story was that of the chauffeur. 
And so we went and parked right near where we saw his car was going. As we pull up to park, there's just a dude peeing on the fence where we're parked. Also important. Not that important, but it's a detail that will highlight how dumb I am. Upon this, we go into the building. I find out when our match is. We figure things out. The match that we have is brutal, crazy. I showed you the choke slam I took, right, Peter? Yes. Sawyer Wreck choke slamming me off the top rope, catching dice, fighting Dark Sheik, fighting Sawyer Wreck, fighting Cole Radrick, which I'll get my hands on him one-on-one. He has to fight Nick Gage first. Him and Nick Gage uh, will have a title match in St. Louis the same night I fight John Wayne Murdoch. So if we're both still standing, we'll see how that goes. Now, after the match, there were more matches to be had. And one of those was the match of Ali Catch, my tag partner, typically. Over the past few weeks, this man, Charles Mason, has been stalking her, has been sending her weird letters, has been following her around town while she's being recorded on video doing monologues. And now they were going to get a chance to have their own singles match to resolve their conflicts. It's what we do. It's what our business is built on. We resolve the conflicts. We don't want more conflicts. We're trying to resolve them all. That's why we have the fights. More come up. That's what happens. Conflict begats conflict. You guys are basically just like, what is it? The like professional mediators? Yeah. Like the other kind of lawyer? As as we used to say in the trucking business, uh, close the back door and let them work it out. You know? We're just giving people the place and the payday to work their problems out. So Allie and Charles Mason have a bit of a battle. And at one point towards the end of this, once everything is done, he handcuffs her to the ring. He pulls out a chair. He's, I know what he's going to do. He's going to hit her with the chair. He's going to try to maim her. He's going to try to hurt my tag partner. So I ran out thinking I was doing the right thing. And I was a little loopy here. I got to be honest Been choke slammed. I've been thrown through stuff, stunners and suplexes and punches to the face. And I tried to stop Charles Mason. And instead, he choked me out and held his hand on my throat. (sighs) And he said the only reason he came after Allie was to get to me. Because no one cares about Allie. They only care about me. And I think that's bullshit. I don't want to fight you, Charles Mason. This is not my story. All right? Straight guys, I'm bored. Okay? I'm bored. And I especially don't like when straight guys are seeking me out. Because I know what they're trying to do. Trying to come get a little get a little bit of the clout. It's not even the gay clout. It's the Effie clout. Effie is a phenomenon. All right? Just let my girl fight her own battles. But you want to use her like bait? You want to hang her out to dry like bait? Let me be clear. You'll get your chance at me, Charles Mason. I don't give a damn. Make me bleed. I'm a little pig boy. All right? You want to choke me? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? What are you going to do? You're going to choke me and give me a kiss? We're fucking surprised. Line up, you know? Who hasn't tried to this year? You just done pissed off that woman. And I would watch your fucking back. Because it's one thing to hit her in the head with a chair. She can handle that. It's happened. I've done it to her before, and she we did a big forgiveness plea, and, you know, it works out. She's kind of my dom. I kissed her feet. It is what it is. But to tell her she's irrelevant and to use her as bait... Ooh, brother, she has custom knives, all right? And she loses them sometimes, and she has more custom knives. They don't stop coming. You may have opened up Pandora's box. You may have fucked up. You can come have your fight with me. What's it going to mean, Charles Mason? 
What's it going to mean to take out Effie? You think it'll make you special? You think it'll get you a job at both WWE and AEW and a phenomenal podcast with Conrad and working with Ric Flair's last show? You think just working with Effie gets you all of those things? (laughs) Well, fuck. You're probably right. Maybe I should ask for more money because I know what it leads to with the opponents. Maybe people should pay a fee to wrestle me because they know what's going to come from the fruits of that labor, which is success. You need to figure out how to wrestle you. It would be great for your career if you could have an Effie match. Oh, you're telling me. Here's the idea. I want to do a, a two-year-long gimmick where I wear a green screen suit to the ring because I'm tired of putting on the Effie outfit, and I just keep telling people, I don't care what it looks like to the live audience. Because on home, in the stream, they think it's Effie in my full gimmick. They're using technology. But no one ever does the technology, so it's just me in a green screen suit for this whole time. And I never watch my matches, so I don't know what it looks like. And then I have to like deal with the fact that for two years, I've only been getting booked as a silly joke in my green screen suit while thinking I look like a cool superstar rock star fighter, and I did not. I would have worn shoes. A, a lot of your um, ideas for extended long matches are like, it's like the clown bit again. It's like a very funny long con kind of deal. What to you is like the greatest long con? Like what's a lifetime you could spend on one joke? Um, the law. Lo- okay. I mean, I'm such a Kaufman guy that his Donald Trump, you know Andy Kaufman is yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald Trump, right? I think that's one of the funniest. I wish it didn't have real-world effects, and I wish he hadn't have leaned so hard into it that it's become strictly method at this point. Uh, Andy Kaufman, if you still can hear me, you know we know. The gig is up. It was kind of funny at first, like 2015, it got funny, and then it's like scary now because like you're clearly in control, so I don't even know if it's for comedic effect anymore. Cool it. Maybe it's running on the tail end, but yeah, I think the uh, Andy Kaufman's work as Donald Trump has been, I mean, it's spot on, but it's not, it's not something I want to see more of at this point, frankly. And so maybe we need to pick a new thing. Yeah. He can't have much left in him. No. I mean, that guy was running on adult pixie sticks in 1982. So what do you, what's the, they told me after 40, it gets bad to do that kind of stuff. And this man's going on 75. Can you imagine as a joke creating Donald Trump Jr.? Can you imagine Oopsie Daisy creating Donald Trump Jr. as a part of a method joke? And you go in and he's like, Dan, because his nose is so clogged. Dan, father, can you help me? And he's like, you're a part of a bit. You're a part of a bit (laughs) that went too far. Get out of my room. Get out of my room. He's peeling the prosthesis off his face again. All right, was that too dark of a turn? No, I love it. We haven't gotten, we've planted the seeds for the chaos, but there's going to be a collective groan coming. And it's not because of the next segment. After I was choked out by Charles Mason, my good buds, the SGC ran out, tried to prevent further issues. I appreciated them for that. And so after this, I went out and I had an adult jazz cigarette. And I was with a few people and all of a sudden, and I believe this is true, I believe Dark Sheet came out first and told me, that one of the people in the scramble match, Chris Hamrick, who was, I guess he was on ECW one time or something, had used a homophobic slur. Now, Peter, we're not usually that serious on this podcast, 
But in a weekend like this, where uh, five people are dead from a LGBTQ hate-targeted shooting in a specifically queer-safe space, and Sunday was the Transgender Day of Remembrance, for God's fucking sake, in the midst of that, to come in and for cheap heat, whatever that may be, for lazy, shitty heat, uh, using homophobic slurs... Uh, I don't know how it would get through your thick little head that that would be something we would do in the year 2022. But you also have to see things as they are. And for a lot of people in America, there is uh, no confirmation bias around being polite to queer people, uh, tolerating queer people, respecting queer people. It is still commonly a joke. And I forget that sometimes because I am surrounded uh, on purpose by positive queer influence, by trying to create as many spaces around me that are safe for all types of queer people. I'm using queer as kind of an overreaching for everybody. Uh, to spend as much time as I do in that, you are a little bit snowblind to what is around you in the real world. And so when you take a chance, which I'll say it this way and with no respect, sometimes we book things in wrestling for a cheap kick of like, wouldn't it be crazy if this like old timey dude showed up and was having to wrestle 22 year olds? Wouldn't that be funny? And most of the time works out fine. There are a lot of people action. Mike Jackson perchance, who are, he's 70 something. He's phenomenal. He does the work. He works with the kids. He puts them over. He does dives. He makes a cool thing and he shuts the fuck up about anything he believes outside of the professional wrestling ring. And I don't even know what that is. That's the magic. I don't know what he believes. I don't have to. But if you're going to come into our circle, there has to be an understanding of what they have done and what they are doing. Clearly, the people who are running shows like Effie's Big Gay Brunch are trying to create a more safely queer space in wrestling. And there are a lot of people out there who will go like, GCW, Outlaws, whatever. They don't care about gay people. They don't care about this. They just want the cheap pop and this. And that's fine. I can't change your mind on anything. But one thing I've always put over about GCW as sort of a canned line is that we are adaptable and we listen to each other and management at this point uh, cares and listens and sees what happens and we make changes on the fly quickly. We don't have to go talk to the board. We don't have to go wait on a response. As soon as I was informed that this occurred, you sort of go, oh, I was booked for three segments today because I'm going to go handle this directly and this will actually be the real fight I have to have today. I go directly to Brett and I'm keeping it calm. And the security here is like not letting me in the sound booth to talk to him. Uh, but then when they see he comes up to me, they're sort of like, oh, sorry, sir. We didn't know you. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I need people to understand that I am um, joking. I, I am jokingly braggadocious sometimes. I am sometimes truly braggadocious. For the most part, uh, pretty humble about my status. I sometimes even believe in... Uh, I joked to the Metro uh, news in the UK that I forget people listen to what I have to say sometimes. And that kind of poking poking God, I do that a good bit and then remember, oh shit, people are listening to what I have to say. And in this moment I said, uh, there may be other wrestlers out there, there may be other people who have done things. Uh, I, am, I am the fucking queen of gay wrestling, okay? I have worked very hard over the past few years Busted my ass extra to book queer shows, make uh, parts of wrestling more queer friendly. Fuck, I run a company called Wrestling is Gay, and we just put out more diva fans that are on the way right now in big boxes. 
I'm very excited. Wrestling is gay. It's always been gay. Queer people have always loved wrestling, and now they feel more comfortable than ever showing up to shows. I signed a trans flag at this show for someone who was there and had gotten it signed by people. I will say, Dark Sheik uh, saying, you also got straight people to sign it. What's the fucking point? <laughs> and I think <laughs> when Dark Sheik makes jokes with trans people, it is... Um, it's wonderful to see that sense of biting humor still in a thing where, you know, we're sensitive and we take care of each other, but amongst the community, we can make little jokes with each other and we can have a sense of humor. In this situation, there's no sense of humor. And there's a belief that this comes from a place of probably not happy, good thoughts, but hate and uh, derogatory thoughts towards queer people. And he uses this word and God fucking bless the cowboy Manders who snatched that microphone out of his hand to get the match going. The guys in the match, I'm not going to say poor guys in the match, but they were working to a dead crowd because people don't know how to react to that because it's the last thing you expect yeah. is let's go see Effie at the show and Allie at the show and Dark Sheik at the show and, oh yeah, also, uh, we're going we're gonna to use some derogatory hate speech in a different match and it's sad that guys take advantage of this and uh, use these bookings like this because no one paid to see Chris Hamrick. No one specifically chose to see him on purpose. There was no point in his, you know, announcement or if he even was announced where they were like, Oh, we got to see that. But it is for the casual viewer, something that they can go like, Oh, that's funny. He was in ECW it blew it. We immediately go backstage and I have a conversation and I am fairly calm for this conversation and ended up feeling a little more heated about everything later, but I was very direct. Everybody said you were very respectful. And a lot of the calls were for Effie to go kick his ass, which she probably should. Like, you're not going to get through to some people. You can, they'll admit that you got through it. I will say the one notable thing is, you know, he's listening to me, but he's trying to sort of get to, will you just forgive me? Forgive me. I didn't mean to offend you. And I said, brother, it ain't about offending me. They said, you're offending people who I have promise a safe space to you're offending people who thought they were okay coming here. And it's very, very triggering for people to, I mean, if you're going out in public and you know, there's a Westboro Baptist church, you know, protests and you're going up upon it and you're going to be one of the great gays that holds the flowers in front of them. So people don't have to hear it. You're probably going to hear some slurs, you know, you're going into that, but when it's unexpected like that, it's triggering for people who don't deserve to have to hear that. And it's confusing for the audience because if you don't have a direct and swift response, you're condoning it. And so the response was made very quick. I explained things to Chris Hamrick. I don't think it got through his head. I don't really give a shit at this point. Uh, we made a large-scale donation, GCW did, to the Rhode Island Pride Youth Foundation, which helps with all kinds of LGBTQ uh, housing and stuff. And people go, well, you had, you know... Uh, that's, you know, it's a, thought it's a thoughtless gesture just to throw money at a problem. But I think it is very much so not when you are working in a local community and something happens in that community, we should probably be giving that money to them anyway. We try to, with all of the FU's Big Gay Brunches, to make large donations. And I even donate out of my own pay after the fact too because I care about this stuff. It is a way for us to go, look, we, we put our money where our mouth is. We're running a show where we sell tickets. We fucked up at the show. We're going to put some of that money towards trying to better this in the future. We couldn't stop this from happening, but... If we can make things better for other people, that's a way to respond. There's no good way to respond to these things. There's no good way to predict these things. I didn't know going into this that I would have someone choke slam me from 10 feet in the air and get choked out by a man in a vest and have to deal with a homophobic ECW legend. I use that term very lightly. You don't predict this. 
But Peter, it's like I was saying to Justice, how do you respond when the situation arises? How do you find yourself ready and prepared in any circumstance to jump right in? If you had asked me 20 minutes before, you ready to go have a speech about the importance of not using harmful language with this guy over here? I'd say, fuck, no, I don't want to do that. Sounds horrific. But then there was no second guessing. And you just walk right in and you say exactly what you need to say. And you are prepared for that battle without having to spill blood, but being prepared to if you need to. People will still not be happy with the response. They should say, oh, you should have done this, should have done that. I did the best I could. And I will say this. I joked in interviews. Uh, and I would like to point it forward. Effie will probably not ever be on cable television. But what I what I do as far as maintaining a relationship with the people who are supporting companies I'm working for, trying to maintain lines of communication uh, with our fans, with the people that support us, companies are very bad at this right now. And sometimes the best approach is to eat a little shit, cut a little profit, give back to the people you got to give back to, admit you fucked up, by even giving the man a microphone and admit that you're trying to not have it happen again. And you also have to go, and there are people who are going to hate that response, but we've given a response from ourselves that we believe is the best we can do right now, acting quickly, acting suddenly. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were, we had handled the donation and I had spoken with him and we had made an announcement before the show even ended. And this was one of the last matches. So it's the quickness of not sitting around and going, we know this is a glaring mistake. We know this looks terrible. We know Effie just announced he's doing more big gay brunches overseas, and we're definitely going to do it in Hollywood. If we don't say something, it is an even bigger problem. People still call me a grifter, Peter. Did you know that? I don't listen to negative comments unless they are saying something that speaks to me because I believe I'm doing something that's incorrect or wrong. But I know I'm not, and I don't. And so I don't listen to the negative comments. We get bogged down in that. We've made our decision. Fuck them. Let's move forward. Let's let's have a good time. God bless Gresham and Speedball for going out there and getting the crowd back into it. Those are two true professional wrestlers because when you talk about sucking the air out of a room, baby, that air was sucked the I fuck out of that bet. room. And listen, I'm not saying everyone comes to see the gay people. But we have a lot of people in the LGBTQ community who come to GCW shows, who feel welcome at GCW shows. Yeah. What a bizarre fucking business decision, sir. <laughs> no matter what the belief is in your heart. Plus, like, heat? No one gives a fuck about heat anymore, dude. I'm trying to tell a story. You're trying to be a piece of shit. Yeah. There's a difference. Good good for y'all for dealing with that. Because like it's situations you just have to you have to deal with them swiftly, swiftly, um, and, and like, directly, yeah, and not beating exactly. around the bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, bud, you fucked yeah. up. Here is why. Um, and I'm just I don't know. Like my the only thing I can because I'm just doing the human thing. I'm trying to find a situation to compare it to in my own life. Um, Comparison's the thief of joy. I've yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> um, but we have, I'm sure you're familiar with this. I know AJ has had his interaction with this individual, but on, we have a, like a nice big, long public walking path in the middle of the city now. Um, and it's basically like the high school hallway of Atlanta. Like it is like the social corridor yeah. of the entire city. Everybody's there. Everybody's there. Um, even if you're working out, you probably have like five layers of makeup on your face. Uh, and it's this, a show and, and this is for both men and women. Yes. Um, 
And there's a lady who goes out there on like Sundays and Saturdays with a megaphone and is like, I used to be gay and I found that this was the heir of my ways and now I'm with God who's like super, super, super hateful and it's all like Christian tone specifically. Yeah. And whenever people get up to wherever she is, the vibe just shifts and it gets different and get start getting the guys that are like looking back like oh am i gonna am i gonna go beat the shit out of this person yeah. right now <laughs> is that what she wants yeah I, is this bait i mean i've seen there's been a couple times where i go wow this, i'm literally about to see this person's ass get beat i would say my most republican political belief is that everyone should get punched in the face one time <laughs> yeah that's about as conservative yeah. as i get and i by conservative i mean just like a little hateful i think everybody if you get punched in the face you understand consequence. And so one time, just take a nice swift punch to the face. I think you'll rethink a lot of the interactions that you have with other humans who are struggling through life, who are, and we all are, and we're, and we all have issues and problems. The last thing we need is more people spewing hate at us, but I am blessed that I don't feel uh, the motivation in my heart or have the opening of my schedule to megaphone any belief that I have out to the public that I feel like it needs to be heard. The show ends, Peter. I hang out with some people, smoke another jazz cigarette, and we make our way back to Allie's car. And she goes, Effie, do you have the keys? And I said, no, I think you have the keys. And then I look at the car, Peter, and the lights are on. And Peter, uh, I left her car on and unlocked with the keys in the ignition on not the lights on i left her car running for the entirety of the show i had a six-person match i had a run-in with a man who choked me out and i solved a homophobic crisis (laughs) all while ali's car was just running behind a sketchy warehouse where a man was peeing in rhode island and i've never been more embarrassed and feeling idiotic. But of course I had to PR spin it right away. And I said, Allie, it's like a holiday miracle. Who would believe that it would still be here and running? And it's great. Now I still need to send her a little extra money for gas. Cause I'm sure we, we uh, ran the car out and I want to apologize to everyone in my global warming group for obviously recreating the hole in the ozone layer and melting part of the glacier ice caps with the car running the whole time. And I'll apologize now publicly to Allie Catch uh, because the joke was that she can take one 10 milligram edible and I have to drive even though I've taken 200 milligrams. And then I left her car running for upwards of six hours while we had a full show and adventure with so much in between. Can you fucking believe it, Peter? Yeah. Sunday was a chaos day. <laughs> Sunday was nonstop chaos. And then I think I texted you and was like, what is going on? If it, if it makes you feel any better, I um, left the back door to the vape store unlocked all of Saturday evening. But no consequence. No consequence. You were. It was just a blind spot. You may have I to delete it. that or or censor over this. I don't want them to find you out. I don't want them to find out that you're. Oh, they know. A already. niche wrestling I'm celebrity. Get, I'm waiting to get written up at the moment. Oh yeah. no! Yeah. Please support the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Weekend at Effies. We are trying very hard to provide all kinds of cool content. 
I am trying to convince Peter to come over and shoot Christmas cards of us this week. And we're going to make uh, a sick deal for the Patreon people on getting those very, very cheap. I'm making them cheaper than I have ever in years before. But I'm also not having the dogs paw print them. But we will have both dogs in the Christmas card picture. Uh, It is very difficult to convince your dog to sign 100 Christmas cards. And I don't want to be accused anymore of using animal labor. The situation with the mongooses was resolved, okay? It's not my fault that they can knit, all right? I'm not going to I'm not going to take the sweaters back, but yes, I can confirm I did teach mongooses how to knit to do a lot of the wrestling is gay sweatshirts. I'm sorry. We're not going to make the dogs do any more labor. We're going to handle everything out of court. Uh it's not cool. I'm just Cranberry doesn't care. She sits on the couch and licks peanut butter and I do her paw. But I can't I can't imagine on my life getting Bebop to sit still and do paw prints. I'm just imagining your entire apartment filled with little puppy ink prints all over. I can't I'm bad enough at cleaning that I can't risk making any more of a mess <laughs> in the apartment. It is I'm trying to be an adult, Peter. I'm trying to be an adult. But I also, I want to have a cute Christmas card. My mom said if I don't just send her one this year, she's going to be mad. And I was like, did I not send you one the previous two or three years? And she's like, no. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I guess I only send them to people who purchase them, mom. I mean, to be fair, I didn't get one last year and I photographed it. <laughs> okay, maybe I need to be visited by the Charles Dickens Ghosts of Past and Future uh, to get back in the holiday spirit. But yeah, we're going to make them really cheap this year and get them sent out with a stamp. And it's going to be perfect, I what, hope. What's your, just because we're in Christmas season, what's your Christmas carol? What's my Christmas carol? Yeah, which version? There's like five gazillion versions. Uh, Muppets. There's oh, only 100%, one. 100%, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. What are you kidding me? Fucking Michael Caine, my God. Yeah, dude. Uh, Gonzo, fuck off. Yeah. Gonzo in the top hat? Get out of my <laughs> yes. life. I love it. I love Muppets Christmas Carol. I think there's a lot of great ones. I don't like the Jim Carrey uh, CGI one. That one is horrific. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's Zemeckis again. It's Zemeckis. And he, did he do Polar Express too? Yeah. I'm disgusted. It's, it's that weird. It's Uncanny Valley as fuck, Peter. He believes that he's helping the next generation. Like he's come out and said, I'm just doing all the mocap stuff to help out the next generation of filmmakers, essentially. Yeah, so they can all just use Tom Hanks yeah. in their films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I left the car on. And we ended up going back to the hotel. We Did we eat? Oh, yeah, we ate at the hotel restaurant. We had a family meal at the hotel restaurant. And it was phenomenal. I had a little turkey pesto sandwich. And it was, uh, it felt like, you ever have, you know, like a mentor dinner with like old dudes at the diner? We were the old dudes. Me, Manders, Mance, Justice. And then Nick Wayne was the, he was like learning. And we were like, don't do it, kid. You got to be careful out there. He was like, okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I will. He got the king suite. It, 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 uh, it's nice to just chill with your dudes, you know, we had a big day. It was very exhausting. I left the car on, felt like chaos. We just needed to close the door and get away from the world. We did. And now I'm here, Peter. I had to go to the DC airport. I was pretty chill. Had a little meal with Cole and Manser on my way through. 
hung out with the peeps. And now I prepare for another adventure. It's going to be Thanksgiving when this comes out. Do you like Thanksgiving food? Uh, I d- not really. You're not going to like seek it out? Not not really. The the stuff that like whenever I would go over to people's houses in the south for Thanksgiving, yeah. none of the foods are there, but I realized that none of the foods would be there anyway. Okay. Because African Thanksgiving is so what's odd the, and disjointed. What's up with African Thanksgiving? It's really just what my mom could remember that people used to have. Because my mom was in <laughs> Kenya for like 15 years before she had me. So she was like, both my parents were isolated from okay. and everything. All right. So it was half remember Thanksgiving recipes. Couldn't get turkeys there. So I mean, it was yeah. all chicken. Well, chicken's like a baby turkey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I had turkey for the first time at a Thanksgiving dinner and I was like, this is not right. <laughs> this is this bird is too large. What have we done? That's why I think dinosaurs would be so tasty. I want a little this I want them to to clone the meat so we can get a little stegosaurus steak. Stegosaurus. I want them to build a time machine just for dino meat. Just for dinosaur meat? What is my brain doing right now, Peter? What a time. My brain's in a similar space. Do we should we do questions? Let's do questions. What a weird fun episode. There's forgive me, there's something that I like needed a reference or address on the podcast this week, but I have no idea it's what not it was. Get- <laughs> <coughs> it's not getting cleared up. So just forget about it. <laughs> Oh, dude, I don't know if you checked the Patreon or not. Oh, <laughs> I got to find a, a picture of me in my Boy Scout costume. Yes, you do. We got we to gotta do some duos. I think um, the belt still fits. Okay. Thoughts on the movie Solo? What is this movie? The um, The one that... It's that, you know, in like indie movie or in like movie cinema head people, they'll always recommend like the most fucked up movie to people. To yeah, watch. yeah, yeah. This is on, this is like number five on that list. Never seen it. What's... It's, it's based off 120 Days of Sodom, the Marquis de Sade book. I didn't, yeah, I didn't read that one. It's like rich people doing horrible, depraved stuff to um, poor people. Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been to Las Vegas. It's not a beautiful place all the time, but some parts are nice. So imagine that I'd like the movie. Sodom. Going to check it out. How's the sequel? And uh, Gamora? <laughs> the chick from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm doing Chris Pratt Mario again. Okay. Honestly, oh, this is perfect. Honestly, with the holiday this week, maybe just a moment of silence to remember the natives of this land. Let's have a little moment of silence. I love that. What people are not going to know is we were actually silent for over 12 minutes. Can you you can, can extend just, that out? Yeah, we cut it. We cut part of it. Hey, moment we we would have to have a lot of moments. There's a lot of moments of silence to have. I think we need to practice constant reflection uh on uh un, unseen cultural abuses, you know? What are we doing? Where did it come from? Why are we doing it? Is it hurting anyone? Let's look back at everything. And fuck Christopher Columbus. It fucking sucks. I'm not learning about that guy anymore. He used to have a history teacher. And he had a really thick southern accent. 
I need to go. They didn't even name America after Christopher Columbus. They named it after Marigo Vaspucci. I always love the way he said Marigo Vaspucci because it just it just sounds right, you know? You think when they first named that baby Amerigo Vaspucci, they didn't want it to be said Amerigo Vaspucci. <laughs> I think they did. I think they knew. Uh, just remember all the lies you were told about Thanksgiving. Remember that pilgrims came to the U.S. for even harsher religious beliefs than what was being allowed of them uh, and to continue uh, suppressing the voices of women uh, as well as the natives, which they sent off with disease. Uh, yeah, the people that moved here wasn't to get away from religious persecution. They were the religious persecution. Yeah, and they wanted to make it worse. Mm-hmm. So remember all of that and make Thanksgiving your own thankfulness. I Listen... I don't want to. I don't want to celebrate the torture of natives uh, by whites who invaded this country. I don't want to celebrate that, but I do want to celebrate being thankful for stuff around me. And this is just a day where we're going to do that. Other people, I'm a believer in make your own holiday. Like, I don't like that there are national, federal holidays that we all have to agree on and celebrate at the same time because it really isn't a holiday at all. It's sort of uh, a new set of plans other than what you had planned. You know, you got to go to a barbecue, you got to go to a picnic, you got to go to midnight church and hold a candle until it melts. You want to know how many pyros were born out of candlelight services? A fucking lot of them. So, you know, take the days you want to take that are your holidays, but also just put meaning into today's holidays that doesn't make you as mad when you have to celebrate them with everyone else. Because I don't like having to celebrate at the same time as everyone. I like to take my own days of celebration. All right. Sorry, I work weekends. Might be a Tuesday I'm celebrating, baby. Just like today. Just like this magical Tuesday here. The winter has arrived. The air is chilly. Uh, We only have 80 to 90 years of oxygen left. Let's enjoy ourselves. Let's be thankful for what's here. And when I'm an old man, I can't wait to go. They used to just have bottles of the stuff. Full bottles of the water. And now... We use the pee purifier, the purifier, to get the water back out. Desalinate some fresh pee, honey. The kids want to have Kool-Aid. Yeah, the Nestle, they took all of it and put it in one big bottle, and then, and then they sent it to space with Elon and Jeff on their grand journey, and they never come back. They never come back. Thank God. That's when the dolphins put us under their spell, and we have been working for them since that day. I would be so fine to work for some dolphins. I've been thinking more about dolphin evolution, and I'm pretty sure dolphins is people. I I agree with that. I'm standing by it. I've researched further than I had. Dolphins. Dolphins are people who gave up the parts of themselves that they didn't need to live their aquatic freedom. Yo, the mermaids in Wakanda forever were so lit. I guess they weren't mermaids, but they were singing some crazy songs. Suicide songs. Were they like... Um, what are these? Some kind of sirens? suicide songs? Yeah, they were doing like the Sirens Call, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Some ancient magic. There's a lot of stuff. We'll talk about it in the mini-sode. Fun. Uh, uh, okay, next question. Sick. Uh, so this one is a Peter question. Who's your favorite cat from phoenix and dragon this is definitely a local atlanta person 
I feel like I'm partial to Smokey because he's always the friendliest little guy. Smokey is the only correct choice for Cat in that place. Wow. He's the only nice one. I'm, I don't like cats as much as I like dogs. Well, the problem with cats is that they are also inhabited by uh, exited human spirits. So sometimes you're talking to a cat and sometimes you're talking to Cheryl's reincarnation. And that's why a lot of cats are mean. Fucking Cheryl. Fucking Cheryl. As much as I want to hear Effie talk about pro wrestling and how he approaches it, thinks about it, the psychology of it, I can't lie. I really want to hear more stories about rap group icon Effie. Whoa. I fully second this question. This is this is something I'm still coming to terms with that is a part of my storied career. But yeah, I was, you know, kind of a legend in the hip hop scene. A lot of people don't remember that. Uh you know, was I ever doing a Hot 100 freestyle? No. Did I perform some crazy shows where I was possibly abusing drugs and alcohol to inhibit such a performance or elicit such a performance? Elicit is the right word. Elicit, elicit. <laughs> it probably was an illicit performance. Yeah. I actually saw a picture the other day where I had entered a Battle of the Bands contest on a whim at the University of South Carolina, and I won an Xbox, funny enough. When uh, the Xbox 360 came out for performing in my rap group, uh, sorry to the Artichokes. They're actually one of my favorite bands of all time, and I think we played alongside them and beat them in the voting. Uh, I'm really sorry. Am I going to give up the public location of all of these recordings? No, I'm not. When I first went uh, full-time as a wrestling personality, I offered one of the downloads of the Disney sample mixtape for five dollars which was created only with the thought of getting a cease and desist which i did not get so bob Iger, step your bussy up and cease and desist my ass because i want the press now that you're back in charge with all these hot pixar moms why not have me cease and desist you scared of effie you scared of what i'll do you scared i'll tell them what really happened on it's a small world i'll set them free you can't keep those people in there forever just because they're from a small world doesn't mean you can Willy Wonka a whole species of humans. All right? Does that... Am I giving away too much about what they did? Um, let's just move on. Is this... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, you're already, I'm not gonna be you're, performing. you're already in some legal issues. I'm not going to be performing already. in my hip-hop group anytime soon. Uh, one day we'll discuss how it gave me, it reignited my passion for performance and reignited the part of me that is the F Y and F E that is the fuck you, because it was just sort of a, an out loud attack on anything around me. Can you, you don't have to wrap it. Just, I need a line. I need an original Taylor line. No. Oh my God. Uh, I got to think this is, this is dark. Save it for the mini. So yeah, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Okay. Have you ever heard any of this? No. For real? No, you kept it so far away from Oh, no. <laughs> They're finding out my hidden secrets. <laughs> the truth will be revealed on the mini-sode. Maybe we upload albums to the Patreon. Should we do that? Can I link that in? I could link a Dropbox to the Patreon. All right, the Patreon will get the Disney mixtape. I want to confirm something here before you hear this. I'm far more comfortable with my gay lifestyle now. But at the time, I was also fucking a lot of women. And I was more publicly in tune with that. Uh, we celebrate the woman's body politely, respectfully, but 
I've I've had were my you, fair share around the block. Were you the the pansexual player? Is that what? <laughs> Peter, I was fucking <laughs> sweetly, consensually, and lovely. I keep joking that uh, the only scandal I'm really gonna have is that if I get more popular amongst normies, some of them are gonna have my nudes from back in the day, and I'm just gonna have to come to terms with like my nude body is out there. I'm not ashamed. I'm not really worried about it, but also like you like to be in control of those things, but somebody's going to leak my nudes. It'll happen. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Probably next year (laughs) with the way things are going. I think it's going to be, yes, by spring of next year, you'll be able to see what I look like naked in a clinical sense, probably more than anything. They'll be able to see it in my autopsy anyway, but that could be hundreds of years from now. Yeah, especially if we get that that Jupiter ascending technology, those uh human human battery man, they went crazy on that. They did go crazy. I <laughs> I had to take my earring out because it was continually being ripped from my ear. But I think it's just a sign that it's time to get Channing Tatum elf ears yeah. surgically done. I want mm-hmm. pointy ears that go towards God. Much like he knocked he what uh is it Tina Huerta from Wakanda Forever, he also has pointy ears as Nemor. Nemor. I heard the stuff that doesn't fit in that movie is like the Marvel, like the usual Marvel shit, that it's like so much more interesting of a movie that like the superhero shit isn't like playing. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. It's a it's kind of a like Which is awesome. Beautiful, like cultural piece. I don't know. I really I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Uh, I did hear a nasty story about Martin Freeman, though. Well, yeah, he kept that ring hidden and was going to use it to keep his own selfish power. Right, yeah, Bilbo? Yeah, that's, that's the same story. You remember when Bilbo made that scary face? And he was like... When I was a kid, I used to like get to that scene and yeah. pause it, and then it'd be on VHS, and so it'd be like the weird stuttery, so it'd be like even creepier. Uh, we went to a toy store while we were in... Uh, Connecticut. I forgot about this, and I found the Lydia Tar as Galadriel from Lord of the Rings action figure when Lydia Tar portrayed Galadriel, the Queen Elf. It was fifteen dollars. I probably should have bought it. Oh, you didn't? I didn't buy oh, it. Damn. I can't have any more clutter in my house, Peter. Uh, well, the you have one more item of clutter that's coming to you for Christmas. Yeah. Um, that can be your last item of clutter. Okay. I mean, I'm probably going to have more clutter. It's throwing shit out the other day. Yeah. I have something planned for Christmas that is going to delight you and probably annoy AJ. (laughs) Okay. I'm all about it. Please keep it coming. Keep it coming. Um, Holiday movie favorites. Thanksgiving stories. Did you even celebrate Thanksgiving in Africa? Barely. Uh, my, My parents didn't really celebrate Thanksgiving, so I'm always awkward with those gatherings. Me too. I don't. Thanksgiving is just like a weird. As an adult, it's been like hang out with random family, yeah, like friends, and like get stoned with someone's dad in like a garage somewhere. You know, like yeah, that's the kind of Thanksgiving vibe. I sort of like uh, Thanksgiving more now as a marijuana enthusiast. Yeah, because it gives me that excuse to just get ripped and eat so much side dishes. I'm a big side dish guy. I just I'm really looking forward to eating candy yams. Uh, I love, I guess yams, they're not actually yams. Do you know that? 
What is a yam is a potato. A yam is a very specific type of potato that's native to Africa that's present in a lot of Caribbean countries via that uh slave trade that moved mm-hmm. things over. But in America we don't have yams. Like I saw a show about this about the history of black foods. They're not yams. They're all sweet potatoes, but they are sometimes marketed as yams, which is a completely different thing. Weird, right? Yeah. I don't know. But either way, I'm gonna eat sweet potato casserole by the scoopful. Yeah. Load me up. That's not dessert, mom. <laughs> this whole pumpkin pie is. Do, what do you want for Thanksgiving, Lucy? Okay, to finish this question up. Uh Intrigued if you have any reading slash insight advice for the holidays. My conservative family is visiting from Tennessee in December, and I am nervous. Thanks, Peter. You are the best. Effie is also the best. So general astrology advice right now, conflict just ain't going to work with anybody. We don't have access to that particular um, form of energy at the moment. That'll change when things start moving forward again in January. But it's just not going to be constructive to have arguments with people. So it really is going to be one of those things where you go, I can have my own reality and my own truth over here, and they're entitled to theirs, and those don't need to necessarily. Like, we don't have to see eye to eye in order okay. to have a good holiday. So together. eat the turkey and shut the fuck up. Eat the turkey, shut the fuck up, and try not to let other people force their opinions upon you. Because just as much as you wouldn't be able to get them to like change their mind about something. They're not going to get you to change your mind about anything. Yeah. Leave it with a little Southern bless your heart. Yeah, exactly. Bless your heart. I'm I'm sorry that life has led you to these thoughts. Bless your heart. Well, that's nice. Y'all want any more wine? Christmas wine? Um, Any advice for surviving holidays with? I'll tell you this. I didn't celebrate Christmas for a long time. Specifically. Uh, didn't, didn't like the accompaniment with it. I'm less of a Grinch now, but what I used to do was celebrate my own Christmas, which was get a cold brew at Starbucks. Congrats on unionizing. Shut every store down that doesn't want to unionize and let them throw you out and then sue them. And I would go to the movies and I would watch two movies in a day. I love the movies. That's how I celebrated Christmas. And I realized by not celebrating, I was actually creating my own traditions of celebration, and I was celebrating. So now I celebrate holidays how I want to celebrate them, and uh, usually that means asking my lover what he wants to do, and what does he want to do for Thanksgiving? He wants to go see his family. We're gonna go see his family. We're gonna see the baby. Gonna bring cranberry. You're gonna watch Bebop for me. <laughs> he's just not. He can't quite grasp it all yet, and he's very excitable. And I think he's gonna have more fun with Lucy than he would. Yeah. With me freaking Lucy's out because there's a baby excited. around. Yeah. <laughs> Going, beep up, please don't lick the baby. Please. Beep up, leave the baby alone. Beep up's getting good, though. He's really, he's coming into his own. Also, I should have known. I remember Will telling me this now before Beep up came. And he was like, he'll sleep in the bed, but he has to be under the covers and like between your legs. Yeah. He came and trotted up on the bed the other night and I lifted that cover up and he went right under and made a little donut in between my knees and I just let him take it. What a little, what a little guy. Okay, so the question is sort of about how someone could still, in any way, think that it's okay. I think what people have to realize in our culture, especially in the wrestling culture, there are those of us that are younger in the scene that have uh, taken in the internet age, and so you're a little bit assumptive about people's 
uh, understandings and experiences. And I think that there are a lot of times in wrestling where people are working shows that never necessarily see the light of day. I don't know why he thought that was okay. I don't know why in front of a crowd like this, you would think that's okay. Um, it is, it's mind boggling to say the least, but it's also like, it's one of those things where like, I couldn't stop thinking about Lydia Tarr too. Of like, yeah, like you worked at ECW and you've worked with all these people and everybody knows the the hammerick bump where you're falling your ass out of the ring and blah, blah, blah. Uh, None of that matters if you can't uphold basic human civility in this economy, in this wrestling economy. And so now, like, I'm sure that dude is going to be booked on some Tennessee garbage pump and dump shit show in the woods of some garbage shitty town that elects Kane as mayor. Uh, But... Nobody else is going to be looking and letting that little nostalgia book can get through. You can have a career on nostalgia. You can have a silly, you don't even have to be the biggest star to have a career on nostalgia and wrestling and continually get bookings until the internet sees that you're really a piece of shit. All these old dudes have to do is shut the fuck up and they can't do that. And they come from a time where there were a lot more worse things happening in wrestling, but there wasn't an internet or a Twitter or an Instagram or a TikTok to see what was actually going on and to have this information spread. So really, you know, you hate to say he did us a favor, but he kind of did us a favor because now everybody sees out loud who you are behind the kayfabe and that you think this is still acceptable and will not move towards economically producing more bookings for him, you know? So I think there's, there's at least a silver lining in that we don't tolerate it anymore. Wrestling fans like heat. We like hating someone. They hated Charles Mason because he's a weirdo pervert with a wire where he tries to choke people, but not because he treats other human beings with less respect. He would kill you whether you were gay or straight is what I'm understanding. Uh, And we like that kind of heat. We don't like specific targeting heats of people uh, and who they are, you know, at their core. We can specifically target actions. Hey, you took my belt. That pisses me off and that makes you a jabroni. But we don't need to say, you know, hey, uh, there should be a genocide on brunettes. That would, that's just, it, it doesn't make any sense as you say it now. And it doesn't make any sense if you're using any other traits of a person, you know? Dye your hair, you fucking brunette. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Who could imagine? Uh, yeah, uh, it's a long process to get all the shit out of a colon, but. With uh, with wrestling's enema, Effie, we can clear that colon right out. And then we'll be able to look and see if there's any cancerous growths left over. But you got to move all the shit out of the way first. <laughs> I'm so sorry I just called myself pro wrestling's enema. Cleaning out the asshole. I might have to run with it. I don't know. It sort of feels pretty... I mean, I know what my... Effie is for this week's episode. <laughs> Effie is pro wrestling's enema. 